One of the things that we talk about on this podcast regularly is whether or not you can trust what you see and hear on the internet. It seems like the web is a playground for con artists, snake oil salesmen, for folks that are preying upon how we feel, our insecurities, whether or not we're heard, whether or not we're understood, whether or not uh, there are answers for our sickness. Uh, it is just a unregulated, dangerous place for information and misinformation. Um, and I, I know it sounds like I'm the doomsayer right now. I know, I know it sounds like I'm being cynical, but it's true. And you have to be careful about what you're looking at, what you're reading, and what you believe on the internet, because there aren't many editors out there, right? That's something that at least you had with newspapers, right? You had a whole editorial department and a whole legal department that was sort of sifting through stuff and, and trying to decide whether or not they could be held liable by spreading this misinformation. That really doesn't exist when you're talking about the internet, when you're talking about blogs and you're talking about social media. And so what I like to try to do on the show is raise a little bit of awareness to these things and to sort of get you thinking differently when you process this stuff that is put to you. Because ultimately, what it all is, they're all stories, they're all narratives. And whenever I write a story as a filmmaker or whenever someone writes a story in an ad agency or an ad firm, what we're doing is we're trying to dig into a certain emotional response that you're going to give us based upon what you're reading and seeing and hearing. Correct? So on today's show, we're going to go deep into the world of scam artists. We're going to go deep into this story. We're going to bring awareness around this story uh, uh, about this woman, this infamous cancer con artist named Amanda Riley, and her story of swindling a hundred thousand from her local community friends and family by posing as a terminally ill wife and mother to fund a fake cancer research organization. It's crazy. Now, this was brought to me by one of the PR companies that we work with. They send me guests, they send me ideas. So I had no idea that this existed. And I got an email that said to me, Lionsgate Sound, so Lionsgate's podcast department, is doing a podcast, a true crime podcast called Scamanda, as in Scam and Amanda Scamanda. Um, and uh, they introduced me to the producer, Jackson McLennan, who's on the show, and uh, we get into this crazy story. So if you're a fan of true uh, crime podcast, which I'm sure you are because there are millions and millions of people that love this stuff. Uh, there are millions and millions of people that tune into true crime or serial killer uh, TV shows on streamers like Netflix. They do a ton of this stuff. So I, I, we're going to talk about it, man. We're going to talk about, we're going to start to touch upon this, this crazy story about Amanda and how she was able to convince these folks uh, to give her this money. And not just people on the internet who was reading her blog, but also people in real life that she knew or acquaintances that she knew that she was getting the money from these folks. Like, how do you do that? Talk about being an actress. Talk about being committed to a character. Um, and so I have a lot of questions. Now, before you start listening to today's episode, I'm going to prepare you. We're going to talk about a lot of spoiler stuff in this, right? And the way the show is created, if you want to go through the full Scamanda experience the way 
that the uh, creators and the producers and the journalists want that show to be processed, you should go listen to it now. You should stop today's episode and go listen to the show clean. If you have no idea what's happening, if you have no idea how events play out, you might want to do that, right? Because uh, Jackson and I are going to talk about a lot of different spoiler things that just come up naturally in our conversation, okay? But that being said, if you just want to listen to today's episode to get a taste of what the show's like, I don't think it's going to ruin the podcast for you, right? It's, you know... You know, you have just the way that they're selling the show itself. You understand that she is conning people, right? So I think you could still listen to the show and listen to the podcast. But I just wanted to warn you, right? And I would want someone to do this uh, as a storyteller myself. Uh, The way that they're intending you to listen to the show is to not know the outcome, not understand whether or not... Uh, everything is real or not, it's pretty nuts. And it's all based upon uh, this blog that she did online where she was telling the story of, uh, you know, having cancer and going and getting treatments and having photos of her up there getting treatments and being in hospitals. It's crazy. It's nuts, the level uh, that this person was able to get on this rabbit hole. Uh, And... I'm excited for you to listen to the show because, uh, like I said, Jackson and I get into it. We talk about how he got into this podcast and he was introduced to me as a cinematographer. And I'm like, okay, so you're a cinematographer, but you're producing an audio show? Like, why? Like, how did you, those seem to be two completely opposite jobs. Like, what's the backstory there? We're going to get into that too. So, um, Get ready, because it's a great episode today. I think you guys are going to dig it. Uh, before we get into it, thank you, everybody, for following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and following the podcast at In Love With The Process Pod on Instagram. That's In Love With The Process, P-O-D. Um, there, I've been doing a bunch of new posts. By the way, I know that you guys listened to our first episode of Love Sandwich, which is our new series here at In Love With The Process podcast. Uh, How'd you like it? Did you dig it? Um, If you wanted to see photos of that type of sandwich being made that I talk about on the show, uh, I've been posting those or I have posted those up on my wall on my Instagram page at Mike Petchy. And I think it's also at the In Love With The Process pod page as well. I think it's up there too. So I know you were imagining how that sandwich looked and tasted but if you want to actually see the images go check it out and here's an interesting exercise when you look at the images does it look the way you thought it looked when you were listening to me describe it to you does it look the same way and i ask you that because that's a theme of today's show right what's interesting about my voice on this microphone describing things to you is that i'm All I'm doing is suggesting to your brain to think about things in a specific way. So if I describe to you where I'm sitting right now, which is like down in my basement, I have like this really nice basement studio. I've got a few leather chairs set up. I've got this beautiful reclaimed wood. I think it's like, it's not redwood, but it's one of those old wood tables that are shellacked that's in front of me and my microphone's sitting on that. We've got a whole... Uh, like gold trim bar next to me on the left-hand side. 
uh, mostly with brown liquors. Uh, and it took me a while to find these really sort of ornate glasses that we like to use so that when I have guests come over, I set these glasses up in front of them with the brown liquor and we get to enjoy that together. Um, and uh, I've got some posters up of the work that I've done. I've got some signed posters of my films and then some of the films of our guests that we've had on this on the show and it's in this great podcast space and um I, you know i i've just made an active effort to not film it because it keeps my cost down but also uh because i'm fucking lying to you <laughs> you see what i'm saying uh, i'm lying to you i'm actually not in that space that space doesn't exist none of that exists you know so i'm curious that's what's so fascinating about this medium. That's what's so fascinating about social media and believing what you hear and believing it because of the sales pitch, because of the passion behind the person that is selling it to you. You know what I mean? So uh, if you want to go down this roller coaster with me today, strap yourselves in. So Jackson and I are going to talk a lot about the crazy story uh, with this crazy woman who swindled so much money out of her friends and family by doing the unthinkable, by pretending, by lying about having cancer. So get ready. Find a nice, comfortable seat. You got those noise-canceling headphones on. Close your eyes and let's go on a journey and decide what you can trust and what you can't on the brand new episode of Love with the Process. Jackson, thanks for being on the show, man. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm like, we were just briefly talking before we started rolling that uh, I, I I didn't know much about Scamanda. I didn't really know much about what you did, and it, I was introduced to it this week, and uh, I started listening to the podcast. I listened to an episode, um, and uh, wow, <laughs> 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 to say the well, least, wow. I'm glad there was a wow and not a, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> Man, that really sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of sucked for some, for certain people, but yes. Wow, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It did suck, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, crazy, like for those of you listening, um, you probably, if you haven't listened to at least one episode of Scamanda, you probably want to stop the episode now. And go listen to at least one episode of it so that you know what we're talking about. We'll try to catch everybody up. Um, but uh, this uh, Amanda Riley, who essentially was a con artist pretending to have cancer and ended up, uh, uh, you know, scamming folks out of, what are they saying, at least $100,000 from a local community? Is that correct? 
Yeah, it was so, I mean, long story short, uh, yeah, faked that she had cancer and then um, took donations in person and online and uh, they could trace the wire fraud online donations to a little over 100,000, but that's kind of really just scratching the surface of, you know, there's so much cash and in-kind and gift cards and things like that that, that were donated that that could never be accounted for in that in that number. So there's over $100,000 in the official... Uh, you know, wire fraud uh, uh, indictment, but crazy. yeah, definitely more than that. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy how trusting people are of what they read on the internet too, which is also wild. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Well, but before we get too deep into that, let's talk a yep. little bit about you, right? Because uh, like the initial pitch to me was that you were a cinematographer, or you are a cinematographer still. And then, how did you get into doing uh, podcast producing? Like what? Let's start from the beginning. Were, sure. you, were uh, you a cinematographer? Are you a cinematographer? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I I mean, I'm from Australia, hence the Australian accent. Uh-huh. Um, and I have kind of, uh, you know, I went to film school. I've discovered cinematography and I was like, this is cool. Left film school and, and sort of... Uh, I built kind of this kind of double pronged, I guess, career in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my dad worked in radio and I went to film school and then I was like, I want to be a cinematographer. Um, but meanwhile, I, you know, my dad was like, oh, hey, why don't you come into the radio station? I need some help with this. Started to learn kind of radio uh, and that sort of thing. And then I, I kind of was like, oh, I kind of like this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and was able to kind of freelance for a while doing both. And then, yeah, kind of built uh, experience in both areas. Um, and then, you know, I, I got the opportunity to move over here uh, to LA and came over and, um, and yeah, I hooked up with our Lionsgate Sound. And, and, and yeah, I, I sort of, you know, back in Australia, I was, I was able to kind of work on some really cool stuff in radio and podcasting and, you know, alongside what I was doing in the, you know, film industry. And, and yeah, just sort of all kind of clicked when I, when I came here and, you know, I was able to kind of, yeah, build into Lionsgate Sound and, and the Scamander project. That's crazy. Okay, so then that makes sense. So then your dad was in the radio business. Was he always in the radio business? And were you around that when you were a kid or...? Yeah, he he. So, I mean, he he not his entire life, but it's my entire life he was in. He's been in radio and still is. Uh-huh. Um, probably probably should retire. He's getting old now, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. So he's st- st- uh, still in radio. But uh, so I was around that. Yeah, as a kid, I was sort of. Um, uh, yeah, around that. He's a, a journalist, and I was around that kind of uh, environment. I'd you know go to work with him on the. Uh, you know, when I was home from school or, or on school holidays and things like that. And, uh, yeah, you know, so I was sort of around that environment. And then my uncle also worked in TV. So I was kind of, a, as a kid, I was kind of around this sort of creative, uh, you know, media industry right from the start. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is it about the radio stuff? Because it's fast because you're, I don't know if you know anything about me, but when I started, I started as a director. I yeah. initially went to school for radio and then realized, yeah. you know, cause I thought I wanted to be a DJ and introduce people to new music. And I realized really yeah. quickly that it had nothing to do with that. 
<laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was a director. And then as a byproduct of that, I needed to teach myself how to shoot because as a young director, a lot of the old, this was back in like 2000, 1999, 2000. Yeah. A lot of the old crotchety cinematographers that were still shooting on 35 millimeter film wouldn't spend the time with me, a young kid yeah, who shoots right. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to teach myself how to do that. So, um, the, we kind of have the same kind of stuff, but in a different weird way, way I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what's fascinating is that, you know, it's two different mindsets, right? You, when you're talking about cinematography, you're talking about like telling stories with pictures. You're talking about like looking for emotion and trying to convey emotion with the tools that are provided to us as like a visual storyteller. And then when you're talking about radio and you're talking about, uh, you know, sound and voice stuff, it's, it's almost polar opposite. Like, um, what is it about radio that pulled you, pulled you towards that instead of doing the visual stuff? Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, you're right. It is sort of opposites in the sense that one's visual and one's one's sound. But I think the fundamentally, it's the same, um, the same kind of you know storytelling, uh, you know, mode. I guess, and and I I think the thing that drew, drew me to cinematography is the same thing that that draws me to audio in this sort of this um, marriage of this creativity mm. technical elements and storytelling mm. um, and I think the thing with audio the one thing that I think it has above the visual medium is that uh, for one reason or another <laughs> it connects with people on a level that's different to pretty much any other medium um, and I think that's really powerful. I think that is a, you know, I've said it before. I think it's a responsibility that we have as a, as audio storytellers. Yeah. Um, but it is powerful and I think it, it just connects, you know, like, you know, I mean, uh, you, you go to a, you talk about going to see a three hour movie. You're like, Oh my God, a three hour movie. That's so long, but someone will listen to a three hour podcast. No problem. You know, or, or, or <laughs> exactly. binge a podcast series or, or whatever it is. Um, even if it's, if it's, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, you look at a scripted show that people might binge on say Netflix or a streaming service, but it doesn't even have to be something that's, that's kind of written to be binge worthy or anything. When it comes to a podcast, people just, uh, you know, in in an, in an attention economy where people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, yeah. people will happily invest their attention into podcasts. And I think that's, you know, I don't necessarily know why, but I think that is a really powerful part of this audio storytelling. And I think people, yeah, they just, I don't know if it's because you can close your eyes and sort of imagine yourself there a bit more, but it, it just, you connect to it on a higher level, I think, which is just, uh, it's its kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, it's wild, right? Because I, I, I we've had this conversation on the show about uh, the different mediums and how they exist. And the difference yeah. between, you know, a novel and a book in a movie is that ultimately with a novel, you're painting everything. Like you, you're, yeah. and you're actually bringing a lot of your own life into it. Where yeah. you're sitting there going, okay, here's the description of what this guy is. Uh, do I know someone like this? And then whether you want to or not, you're often painting the visual of that character based upon someone that you've seen or someone that you know. And then yeah. there's a deeper personal connection to that. It's fascinating as we sort of talk about this because I really never processed uh, the audio aspect of it. But it's kind of the same fucking thing. I mean, the only, the only difference between this and movies, I mean, or this and books is that 
you know, we're telling you what these people sound like, or we're giving you an idea of the tone just based upon the voice that you're hearing with it. But everything else, the the listener is painting pictures the same way they would if they were reading a novel, right? Yeah, and it, it might be the fact that you you get that sort of that that audio with it that almost makes it more um you know i, I hate to use a, a word like immersive but immersive yeah. in a sense it's yeah. sort of like um you know you you read a novel and you build build this sort of world inside your head but then you you get the audio version and it's it it, it adds this extra dimension that allows you to kind of just kind of i guess sink into it a bit more maybe yeah it's wild when you think about it because it's true yeah. it's something that we've done on this show like th- there's that option uh, where folks are like, you should be filming your podcast. You should actually put your stuff up on YouTube. And I'm like, I don't know. It's so less cool if you just see me sort of sitting in front of a white wall in my underpants, <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> imagining the fact that I'm probably recording this in my garage with three Lamborghinis and a helicopter on the helipad hey, behind me. You know what I mean? Oh, like, well, that's what I was picturing. So. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're, you're right. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I know that there's different approaches. Everyone obviously has a different approach and, and does what they think is going to work best but yeah um you're right it's sort of a and it you know when you think of a obviously there's a lot of podcasts like like this one where it's you know you and i having a chat or it's a few people you know having a laugh about something and uh, you know i find that even more so than you know you can watch a say a morning tv show Mm -hmm. and you will watch that and you're like oh cool they're talking about this but when you listen to a podcast of someone you like someone that you think is funny or whatever having a chat you, you know, half the time you find yourself almost feel like you're a part of that conversation. Yes, for sure. Um, even for though sure. obviously you're not, you're listening to it, but it feels like you're a part of the conversation in a way that, you know, there's no other medium that really allows you to, to kind of do that, to have that s- sort of level of connection. I think that's just really, you know, it's, it's interesting, but just, yeah, just just a fascinating element of the audio medium. It's wild, man. When you when I when I think back on being a kid and listening to radio when I was younger and, and listening uh, to some of like like Howard Stern, you know, like yeah. y- you listen to that show and somehow I was picturing myself sitting in a stool. I would imagine yeah. what that radio studio looked like, which I had no idea until he started to do his <laughs> TV show. You know, and then I'm sitting on a stool in a corner, just sort of listening to the whole ordeal and being a part of it. And there's, there's like this, especially if you're doing like a regular weekly thing, there's this strange connection. It's almost like watching baseball or a sports program where, where yeah. it's comforting to you, where like the, the intros yeah. are read the same way. You might have the same sort of music interlude and you can find like a, a, a sense of comfort and escape in the regularity of it, which is interesting yeah. too. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, it becomes kind of like getting together with your friends on a Friday night or something, yeah. even though the people you're listening to, are, you know, if you really spend more than five minutes thinking about it, they're not your friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> they don't know who you are really. Exactly. Well, a lot of, a lot of the listeners of this show think they know who I am, <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it's wild, man. And, and, you know, we won't go too deep into it, but it's fascinating because by all, by all standards, you know this is an older this is an older medium. Like this is something that existed yeah. in the early days of communication and radio waves. So, and so one would assume that this medium would become extinct and this would be outdated based upon the attention spans uh, issues that we supposedly hear about all the time, and you know just the whole race to make things bigger and better and shinier and sell you larger, you know, electronics. But like. <laughs> podcasting and radio have, have stayed strong 
the whole time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's you're right. It's like it's you know apart from the you know the written kind of word, the audio and, and radio is is much much older than than anything visual. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because when you when you watch something, whatever it is that you watch it on, maybe it's because you you know that you actively are watching something. But I just even you know. You think of influencers, for example, on on social media, and you know there's a level of connection that they have with their their audience and their followers. But I still think it's you know you're actively making the I don't know choice to watch it, and it's just a different kind of level of um, as as doing an audio show. I think. Well, and and I think this ties into you know you know the show that you that you're promoting, like Scamanda, because. They, apparently, and I'm just learning about this as I sort of go along, but apparently Amanda Riley had a, had a blog that she was writing in and she was sort of telling her tale of dealing with cancer and folks were tuning into this blog the very similar way and, be- yeah. and believing the story that was written in uh, on the internet, which is a dangerous thing to do. Well, we'll get into that, but it's it's crazy. The fan base that she pulled in with this story, why do you think that was? Well, it was, you know, it's, you know, for, for people who haven't listened, I guess it's probably important to kind of establish that we're talking about, you know, this was 2012. This was, yeah. you know, not, you know, I think these days, I mean, blogs generally are not as popular as they were then, but back then it was, you know, the blogs were huge. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the thing with this particular story, I think, you know, I think connected with a lot of people because it, it feels like it could be, it could be someone you know, right? It could be your right. next door neighbor that, that he's doing this. But, um, you know, I think that the the blog, you know, for, I, I, it, the, the, I think the thing that with the blog is that it made it so believable. And, and I, you know, I saw the blog when we first started this, this you know, putting together this show and I looked at the blog and, you know, spoiler alert, she does get indicted. She gets found, you know, she pleads guilty mm-hmm. and um, she's now serving a prison sentence for defrauding people and, and taking their money when she didn't have cancer. Mm. But, I, and, and, you know, at that point I was aware of that, but I'm looking at this blog, reading through it, and I'm like, wait, really? It, the, what? <laughs> you know, it, it's so unbelievable to me because the, the lengths that she went to the photos that that she has, you know, and you know, I, I think there's been some people online who have, you know, found some of the stuff that's that's kind of hanging around in the old web archives and, are, you know, are ripping into all the details that don't make sense and things like that. But on a casual view, you sit there and you go, "Well, wow, this woman is having such an awful time." Yeah. You know, there's nothing about it that makes you go, you know, yeah, if you, if you had suspicions and maybe if you, you spent time looking into it and, you know, as Nancy in the podcast did, and that's how she was able to, uh, to essentially bring Amanda down in the end. Hmm. But on a, on a casual view, you're like, wow, there's nothing about it that would ever make you think that it was fake. And I think that coupled with the fact that, I mean, who would ever accuse someone of faking cancer, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like, uh, firstly, who who would? And secondly, who, you know, are, are you ever going to be like, oh, no, they're fake? Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, and I think those things in concert uh, basically made it so that, you know, she was able to continue doing this. And I think the, the, the detail in the blog and the pictures and all of that really just – 
you know, and you know, it just it was it was it's cra- the blog is kind of crazy. It's kind of wild, but yeah, the the level of detail is just it's something else. And I think that, that it's hard to not even even knowing now if you went back and for a casual you know look through the blog it's hard to not feel for this person who is supposedly going through what what she was going through well, this character that she built that's wild and, yeah, and yeah. when you think about it she's running her own little <laughs> she's running her own little independent production over there yeah, like how, basically yeah how was she getting all the photographs and stuff um look I, I believe uh I believe that she would go in um uh, and and just take a bunch of photos she'd maybe go to the present to the emergency department and say she had something wrong with her and then while she was in hospital take a bunch of photos Wild. um you know in in different areas um, of the hospital, she would, uh, you know, is, as the podcast gets deeper into it, Nancy, the investigative journalist, discovers that she's posting photos saying she's at one hospital and the, the little stickers in the photo on the machines are from a different hospital. Um, <laughs> the details. <laughs> Come on. Got to get those yeah, details well, right. Get some Photoshop skills in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, don't forget this is 2012. This yeah. is before, you know, everyone was kind of looking at every, you know, it was kind of before this whole, uh, you know, not not fully before, but it was be- a little bit before this whole armchair detective kind of movement. Sure. So, sure. Um, you know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I think that's, that's kind of how she was able to, to take all these photos, but yeah, the, I mean, there's so many photos that it just, I mean, there's things like there's, you know, IVs in photos of IVs in her arm and bruises on her arm and, and, you know, bruises on her legs and, you know, her her face that's puffy. And I I don't know how she, how she did it. You know, there's one time where she, uh, fainted in church and, and peed herself and got taken (laughs) away in a hospital. And I, I like, you know, that's a... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I could make my myself faint and pee myself personally. <laughs> well, the commitment, I mean, the level of commitment to uh, right, the commitment. Yeah. Well, here's the big question, right? Because I haven't listened to the whole series, and and yep. this could be spoilers for those of you who haven't. So you might want to skip ahead. But let me ask this question: Like, when she started, was it always the was it always with the idea of swindling cash from folks, or was this some sort of like attention starved? Uh, neuroses that she had for this. Like, what do you think? Look, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say. I think, you know, I, I, I think, it's, yeah, it's hard to say. I think prob- maybe it started. You know, there's there's some bonus episodes um, later on in the series where we speak to a few people who um, knew her in co- in college and and before kind of the whole blog started mm-hmm. and they kind of imply that, uh, you know, she, she was kind of making out that she was sick and, you know, taking advantage of, of some of the things that came along with that, like, you know, being able to skip out on classes or, or whatever it oh, was. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. So I, you know, if I had to guess, I would say probably partly the attention and the benefits that, that come with, um, uh, you know, that kind of thing, but uh, and and the money was probably just a, you know, at least started as a, as a bonus. But yeah, that's what I would think, right? Because because uh, I mean, this is kind of an epidemic now, anyways, with the internet and with social media and people like looking for for some sort of attention to be noticed, to be heard, and folks are out there, uh, you know, initially just sort of posting their lives and posting their stuff, and the next thing you know, businesses are are swooping in and, and understanding that there's a, a massive audience base and how can I get 
this person to promote my product while also getting the attention that they need. So then the whole sort of influencer movement is kind of this, except not as... Not as not as criminal, <laughs> but it still it feels the same. You know what I mean? It's just a bit more legit. Yeah. But it doesn't it feel the same? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, hopefully less fraud involved. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. But I mean, um, thankfully, you know, there hit a point with legally you were supposed to, or you're supposed to be telling folks when you are sponsored and when yeah. you are putting stuff up. That's why you see the uh, the paid advertisement. Uh, clicks and all that shit um you know if they legally weren't uh supposed to do that you bet your ass they wouldn't be doing that (laughs) yeah it's fascinating it's fascinating it's it's interesting though because it kind of you know it it kind of dovetails a little bit into this this sense that obviously amanda it was all for what she did and she scammed so many people and you know the money's one thing but but the 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 harm to people and the hurt is 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 almost you know immeasurable yeah. to these people that she hurt, but at the same time, she did actually she fundraised for cancer charities and she she was a um, you know people would come to her blog and she'd be kind of you know this beacon of hope for them you know people who are you know were feeling down and out about their own cancer journey. Mm. Um, and she would be this kind of like beacon of, of, you know, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And, you know, I mean, it's obviously a double-edged sword. I mean, there's, there's people who she said, <laughs> you know, I know there, there's a woman that uh, reached out to Amanda and Amanda was like, oh, no, don't go there, go here, because I've had better experience there with <laughs> with my treatment, which obviously oh is God. just completely <laughs> false. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but, but even still, there's sort of this element of even despite all this, there is a level where she's still kind of, you know, raising awareness, raising money. Um, obviously, not as much money she was raising for herself, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, still doing a little bit of good in all this bad that she was doing. Which is, uh, you know, it's it's sort of a, I, I don't know how to kind of reconcile that, you know, personally. Well, yeah, I hear you, and once again, I'm going to be the guy that says this. There are also all these other like giant like fundraising companies that were found fraudulent, <laughs> you know, uh, whether, you yeah. know, like, hey, I want to help kids in Africa. Is that money actually going to kids in Africa? Or is that going to the president of whatever this fundraising company is? And so it's fascinating to see it on us because, you know, compared to that, she's small fries when it comes to how much money she's stealing from folks. Mm. And it's, I feel like both of those angles, the, 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 the angle in for that con artist tends to be like, Let's go after people that are lost, that are confused, that are hurt, that uh, have no real answers from doctors. And let me try to give them a beacon of hope, right? Because there's so many, of, there's so much of that going around right now. Mm. And then there is this whole level of, um, also, God forbid that happens to me, and I don't, I would never want that to be me. And so, uh, how do I? make sure that that doesn't happen to me. Maybe I should donate. Maybe I should give some money. Maybe I should do something. Maybe I should raise some awareness of it because of the strange, it isn't even guilt, but sort of the association of like, God help that happen to me. And I would hope that someone else would be there to help me with that kind of thing, which is like the two simplest things to sort of go after when you are a con artist, or if you are someone that is a grifter in some sort of way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, 
the, the, you know, in speaking to these people, the the good thing is that you know they still feel like they're open to um, you know giving and, and assisting in the future. You know, probably with a bit more um, their eyes open a little bit more. But um, yeah, it, it's it's. Obviously, you know, Amanda preyed on this sort of the goodness of people and the people that she was around. Um, sure, sure. But, um, yeah, it's sort of the, the. It's still, you know, in 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 some way, she still helped. You know, a, again, as I say, raise awareness and and some some sort of money for for cancer. You know, research and and, and generally, um, which is yeah, uh, that that's been kind of an interesting thing for me to kind of reconcile with. But yeah, it's um, like a, it's a strange byproduct of the whole thing, right? Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating stuff, man. It's fascinating stuff, and like I, you know, I, I guess one of the things that we talk about on the show all the time is I'm constantly trying to shed light on uh you know what i call snake oil salesmen and and in the praying that happens with social media and with the internet and how addictive we are to the dopamine that we get from these things and these devices and how mm. easily manipulated we are whether it's with our news feed or whether it's with advertisements and how really dialed in we are as a as a culture right now into this stuff and how how um dangerous that could be because it's really leaving you open to stuff like this and and i know that this is something that happened back in 2012 and and talk about an epic scale of of how it happened but it, mm. it, it still happens every day right now with folks and how they interact with things on the internet and how they believe everything they read on the internet and how our devices make us feel and how they manipulate us with how we feel you know what i mean it's interesting you say that it's sort of like the you know this this con um con artist you know the psyche that they kind of um, leverage in in you know good everyday people is is almost the same to to an extent as you know what a lot of media generally mm-hmm. um, leverages um, mm-hmm. you know so that's uh, you know uh, yeah I, I, it's it's it, that's interesting yeah it's wild and I, you know, I'm not demonizing one over the other I'm just saying that like in general. It's fascinating how, like, you know, one is more legitimate <laughs> than, the, than the other one is. And then if you're not so legitimate, you end up with jail time. <laughs> so it's a weird, it's a weird country we live in with like, all that stuff. But you're right, though. It is. It's, you know, the there is a there is a danger of just sort of believing everything that you read on the internet obviously yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know but it, it, you know it's it's sad in a way because it's like you know should we have to verify should, if there's someone who is is uh you know uh, coming you know pleading because they have c- cancer and they can't afford their cancer treatments should we should we have to be like Oh, let me just verify that first. Like, I feel like no, we shouldn't have to. You know, we shouldn't be in a society where we're like, oh, well, let me just verify that first. It's you know, so it's kind of sad in a way um, that that we kind of have to, you know, yeah, f- you I, know, I, in, in elements of society feel like we have to do that. I know it is. It's tough, and it, I think it would be a different thing. Like, if you knew someone personally, or yeah. if, you, if you were engaging with someone personally, and and even that, like, even then you can be con, but it's a little bit harder at that point because you're physically reading off of them, the physicalities and what's yeah. happening and what they're doing. But when it's the internet, you're just reading a blog somewhere, you're essentially doing exactly what we were talking about about podcasts 
prior where you're painting the picture and you're creating her voice, especially if it's a blog, you're creating what her voice sounds like and what she's going through. And then you're putting, if you're someone that has done that or is going through that, you're thinking about yourself in that situation and how you're processing that stuff. So it's, it's incredibly dangerous when you're thinking about that because you, it's like, it's like um, when you do uh, long distance relationships or online dating and you actually don't meet somebody. And then you, you paint this picture of who this person is in your head and how they sound and how they interact. And then you finally meet them in person. And sometimes it's, it works out great, but oftentimes you meet that person, and you go, what? This is not who I think, this is not how you sound and this is not how you smell. And because you've painted that picture, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think. Look, you know, to, to it, it, when it comes to Amanda, I think the thing that she obviously she had the blog, but a lot of the people who donated to her did know her and were friends with her, and mm. and and the thing was she was very good at at I guess playing this this character, and she, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just the photos and and the the blog. It was she would she would go to church and she would, as I say, she would faint and she so you know repeat herself, and she she would. You know, she shaved her head, and she she had a, you know, a, a, at one point she had a like a port where you know she theoretically would get, um, uh, you know, medicine injected, and you know she had all these things, all these physical manifestations, and you know friends who she would say, you know, you know close friends from from church and from from otherwise who, you know, fully believed that she was she was you know, going through what she said she was going through. It's sinister. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Okay, it's time to take a second to show some love to the people that show us love to the folks that help support the show. I'm talking about our sponsors. First up, if you are in the marketplace for a new computer, if you're going to build a, uh, like an editing computer, a sound editing computer, if you're going to build a new gaming system, don't just buy the biggest brand on the marketplace. Don't buy that big expensive machine that ultimately all you're doing is paying for the unboxing experience and the cult fees <laughs> that that company has. Uh, at the end of the day, I suggest that you build yourself a PC because PCs are upgradable. PCs are affordable right? Uh, PCs are tools. PCs aren't a movement. They're tools. You know, it's like a shovel. Build yourself a PC. And if you don't know how to build your own computer, and it could be a, it could be a tiring task. A friend of mine has just went through the whole process of trying to figure out why his SSG drives was failing. And he thought it was his graphics card. That can be a nightmare. If you want to get a great PC, uh, go to Puget Systems, PugetSystems.com. Puget Systems is a family-run company. They make all the computers in-house, and they don't manufacture any of the parts or any hardware. What they do is they benchmark test, they do all the research, they find all the latest and greatest hardware that's out there, and they put together a machine for you based upon what you need it for. So you can choose a baseline system on PugetSystems.com just by telling them what kind of software you're going to be using, what you need the computer for, and they love to build custom machines for you. If you're someone that is running a post-production department, 
and all you all of a sudden you woke up one day and there was some new software upgrade that happened automatically overnight now your hardware is rendered useless don't find yourself in that position again go reach out to puget systems and they will help you build a bunch of machines that all speak to each other and talk to each other and believe it or not on a pc you can actually write and read to mac formatted drives so i know that there's a big concern out there where it's like well most of the the freelancers and most of the subcontractors we use still have old Apple systems or Mac systems. You can, on a PC, with a very simple piece of software, actually write and read Mac drives. So you can be exchanging stuff with all of your clients out there. And these days, does it even fucking matter? Because everything's cloud-based. doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? PugetSystems.com, place to go to build yourself a new machine. Also supporting the show are friends over at Fujifilm. Fujifilm is the place to go if you're looking for a new camera. If you are a documentarian, great cameras there for documentary. Great cameras there for documentary. Um, the X-H2S, love that camera. Shoots 4K ProRes. Uh, can shoot slow motion. Um, it, beautiful lenses, Fujifilm lenses on it. They have like this gorgeous 50 millimeter. I think it's like a 1.8, 1.4. Very shallow focus. Beautiful for, for uh, interviews. Gorgeous for interviews. And if you're a uh, one-person crew and you're, you're sitting down in front of the camera yourself, maybe you're putting on your own lav, you're pushing record. Uh, with these cameras, you can flip the screen around so you can see yourself. It has this amazing autofocus tracking software that's in it. This is the, the kind of stuff that uh, the Terminators would use in Skynet. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I absolutely love their video camera. And they have some new stuff coming out in the market. I'm not allowed to talk about it yet, but I know soon we will be. They are going to be changing the game. So Fujifilm is the place to go. They're a supporter of the show. They're a supporter of filmmakers. If you haven't listened to our Fujifilm creator series yet, check them out. Go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There's a whole section there where we are just uh, doing interviews and meeting the filmmakers and photographers that Fujifilm finances their projects. What company do you know that does that? You know what I'm saying? Fujifilm. Check the links in the description of this episode and make sure you click on those links. That's your homework every episode. Please just click on those links. They're traceable. They understand that you're listening to today's show, which is important for us. You know what I'm saying? Um, also supporting the show are our friends over at Boca Rentals. If you are someone that is doing your own documentary work, if you're someone that is trying to be a cinematographer or learn how to be a cinematographer, it's important for you to form a solid relationship with your local rental house. Where do you live? What's the rental house that you use? If you're here in Los Angeles, Boca Rentals is my favorite spot because they care about forming relationships with young filmmakers and young cinematographers. They understand that we are the future for them. So they're oftentimes giving deals, they're running seminars, they're teaching you stuff. Uh, I love this company. This is the place that I go when I rent any of my gear out here in Los Angeles. So check them out, bocarentals.com. Check out their Instagram, Boca Rentals. And uh, if you reach out to them, let them know that I sent you. Maybe they'll hook you up. You never know. You know what I'm saying? Boca Rentals. That's it. Let's get back to the show.
how did you so how did you end up finding out about this like and, and were you working specifically with scamander or did you start working with lionsgate podcast and then find it through lionsgate podcast like what's the connection there for you yeah, so I started with um, Lionsgate Sound, the podcasting arm, and um, you know, uh, Charlie with Charlie Webster, who's the host of Scamander, and um, uh, you know, the, the story had sort of come along. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think Charlie and Nancy maybe even had a, dis- a conversation, but the story had sort of come along, and you know, we we you know, myself and and Charlie, we was just sort of like, wow, you know, we couldn't believe that you know, someone could do this and that it was so detailed and so, you know, intense. And so, you know, look, looking at those blogs and kind of going, oh, my God, you know. I, mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, as I say, I was looking at them going, wait, are we, are we sure that the government has got this right and they haven't completely screwed it up and that they she actually did have cancer at one point? <laughs> um, so, you know, and that I think it just just from there and then we just went and we're like, yeah, this is a, this is a story that, you know, that we have to tell, you know, because, yeah, it's just a story that we, that we have to get out there. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's, talk about a great story too, like, like, uh, like true crime podcast stuff is like the biggest podcast stuff that's out there right now. Why do you think we're, as a culture, so obsessed with it? That is a good question. I'm, I, I don't. I'm not sure. It, it, it is. It's so big at the moment. I think the thing with Scamander is it's a, uh, it's a little less, um, uh, gory. Perhaps it's a little less. Um, you know, it's a scam. It's not a. It's not a violent crime. So sure. I think that's maybe a bit more. Um, I don't know if I know me personally. I'm kind of a, a bit sort of. Uh, less on the, <laughs> the moment at least, kind of gravitating less towards the kind of violent crime element of true crime at the moment. But, yeah. um, um, you know, and I think that's, uh, I think that's why Amanda kind of connected with people is because it could be, this This could be someone that that you know or your next door neighbour or your friend from school or, or whoever that that could could be doing this, that could have done this or that, that could be doing this right now. Um, but, yeah. yeah, it's a good – I'm not sure exactly why we're so, you know, connected to or, or interested in in true crime overall. It's, it, it, it is fascinating though. Yeah, it's wild, right? Is there like a, a sense of, you know, sort of – and I hate to say it this way, but is there a sense of like rooting for someone that is bucking against the system? Is there a sense of rooting for somebody that is like, a tra- <laughs> I hate to use the word trailblazer, but to, <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah. Like, is it like, is it, are we rooting for the bad guys or are we just like living vicariously through? Uh, the destruction, and it isn't just true crimes. You go back and you look at like Scorsese films and like Goodfellas and like you know movies like Scarface and and the, that sort of narrative of of you know the person that figures out how to cheat the system and becomes incredibly successful with that, and then we love to watch the tear down and the fall down of that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's that we. I don't know if it. I don't know if we necessarily. You know. Um, necessarily rooting for the bad guy maybe maybe we enjoy the 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 yeah the tearing down of the bad yeah, person the yeah, the yeah. finding out of how they how they did it and why they did it and the the psyche perhaps you know the the really understanding why people do the things that you know the horrible things they do um you know maybe that's what we're interested in i don't know it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting question i'm sure there's 
Uh, I, you know, I'd be interested to see if there's there's studies or something done into why we connect so much with true crime. Yeah, oh, yeah, and storytelling. I mean, it comes back to storytelling. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff, man. And that, and then so interesting. So you got this gig at Lionsgate, hmm. um, and um, you guys. It isn't just you know someone sitting behind a microphone. There's a whole lot of post production and like production that goes into a podcast like this, right? Yeah, so it took us, I think it took us about a little over a year um, and we went up, but we went to the the Amanda's sentencing in in San Jose and we, we spoke to people up there and, and interviewed them and, and about their time with Amanda and how they knew her and, and all that sort of thing. And we spoke to lots of different people and then... And yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is a process. It's kind of like putting together a. a it's kind of like putting together a, a visual documentary just without the vision, hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because you guys are essentially writing the script and in the aftermath of this, right? Like after you do all the well, how many interviews are you doing? And you, you're writing the script off of 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 information that exists already, right? Like, what was the writing process like? Yeah, so we 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 went out. And we interviewed a whole bunch of people, um, and we we probably interviewed maybe oh, not sure exactly, but probably ten or twelve different people. And then yeah, just pulling it together and 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 you know, the, I think the hardest part of pu- pulling this story together is there's so many different people who would who were affected by it in so many different ways and so many different times, and. So I think what we kind of did is this sort of we, – we almost bring you along for the ride, the listener, mm. which I think is a little bit different to what a lot of shows necessarily do. Um, well, what do you mean? What do you mean bring along for the ride? So, you know, we, we actually don't ever – you know, we don't kind of reveal, you know, what she – what you know, the, that it was, I guess, you know, spoiler alert or fake mm-hmm. um, until, until the end. So the, the first sort of um, – at least the first half of the, the the season, you're kind of listening, and and obviously you come to it knowing that there's something not right here, or there's some kind of scam going on, right? But we don't kind of reveal what that is straight up. So, you know, and I, I think that helps to kind of put you in that mindset of of it was confu- like of of you as the person being affected by it, because then the rug the, the rug pull of it all being fake kind of mm-hmm. maybe hits you hits you a bit more as if you were part of it. Um, a, p- a part of this, you know, part of it at the time because it was, con- you know, it was a little bit con- confusing. She was telling people all different things, and and um, you know, I think to to go along for that ride of like, oh, there's this woman who has cancer, but it doesn't. Not sure if it is exactly what it seems, or you know, it helps to kind of put you in that that mindset of like what it would have been like for someone who was actually friends with Amanda, who was going through it with her at the time, and 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 help to understand them. I think. Um, a bit more as well because I think, it, it, you know, it's easy to after the fact to go, well, obviously this was fake. I can't believe people uh, believed sure, it. But, sure. but, you know, in the moment, uh, it, you know, it, you know, I can attest to the fact that it was very, very believable. Yeah, it's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, that's cool. So, so is this um, the only podcast that you're working on over at Lionsgate or do they have you working on a bunch of different projects? Like, what's your job like? Yeah, so there's a we um, uh, before this we've uh, we um, did a, a series uh, called Surviving El Chapo, which is about the two twins who kind of brought help brought down El Chapo. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a, a few few other shows. Um, we're working on a couple of things coming up that uh, um, 
can't speak too much about, but you know, stay <laughs> tuned to Lionsgate Sound, and and um, we'll I'm sure there'll be some announcements in the, the coming weeks. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, it's it's kind of cool to work on you know a bunch of different stories and a bunch of different you know really interesting stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are yeah. you are you always going out in the field with this sort of stuff? Or are you helping put together? Like, what wh- what is your job title? What what are you actually doing over there? Yeah, so I mean, I'm a producer, so yeah, it's it's kind of everything. It's overseeing everything. Yeah. It's going out in the field and and finding people and interviewing people and then bringing it all together at the end, writing the script. Um, you it's know, crazy. Uh, <laughs> putting it through the edit and you know and and yeah, so yeah, it's pretty. It's it's uh it's it's a lot, but it's it's kind of satisfying at the end when it all kind of comes together and you go, yeah. Uh, this, this <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds works. like a real easy job. You just show up, you don't do much. <laughs> 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 yeah, produces a lot, man. I spent years doing documentary work. I was a cinematographer yeah. for documentaries, and it's it's a grind because you're especially when you're doing docs, you're out there hunting for something and you're trying to find the truth and you're trying not to sort of uh, directly influence what it is that you're bringing in and how you're capturing that stuff. But at the same time, there's a sense uh, as a filmmaker where you're like, man, I hope there's a narrative here. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. As you're yeah, hunting you're through find, stuff. Yeah, you're trying to find the story, right? It's it's like, okay, what's the story? And let's let's find what that is. And you know, um it, it can be it can be tricky, but but you know, thank thankfully we've uh we've had some, you know, great stories with uh yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. So are you still shooting at all? Are you still doing any movie stuff or are you uh, hyper-focused on doing the, the, the podcast stuff now? Well, at the moment with the strike on, um, yeah, no I was kind of, <laughs> kind of glad that there's, um, you know, that uh, podcast is, is, you know, not it's not unaffected. Um, it's still obviously an effect in the podcasting world, but, sure. you know, it's not, not as affected as uh, ever, literally everything else in the entertainment world at the moment. So, uh, at the moment, I'm kind of full speed ahead on on podcasting. But um, you know, I I I kind of love both, um, and I you know I, I'm kind of trying to find a way to kind of build a, a future career for me that incorporates both. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, yeah, <laughs> podcasting we'll and shooting at the same time. That's, yeah. that's going to be yeah. the- I mean, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> You just do a podcast as you're directing, folks. <laughs> Very cool, man. Like, well, I, I would say that, um, well, like it's been interesting talking to you about this. And I'm, like I said, I listened to the first episode of Scamanda and uh, I'm, I'm in. So I'm definitely curious uh, as, like, I know what the ending is, but I'm also curious of all these like weird little steps along the way. And mm. just the idea that she, you know, made herself faint and like the, just the performance aspect of being a con artist, I find fascinating. I think that's what pulls me into something like this where I'm like, how do you like it's hard enough for me to convince an actor to believe what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's you know when the the judge handed down her sentence the judge said you know i, I can you know i can only imagine you're as believable to all these people over the past however many years as you were to me today and you know basically suggested that she'd been putting on this act this whole time and and it is it's interesting kind of element of the psyche right it's like i don't 
uh, yeah, I, I mean, they, they, there's obviously a level where she must have known that it was that it was fake, right? So, you know, that kind of level of performance. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And it, when you went on this adventure, was there a moment that uh, you were capturing audio, or you were in the room, or you were listening to something? Was there a moment that really piqued you, where you go, "Wow! Like I've never heard anything like this before. I've never seen anything like this before. This is what makes this special." Honestly, I think it was it, it, every person we spoke to had something that made you go, what? Like every person, it was like, I couldn't keep my, my jaw closed. You know, it was like every, every person we sp- spoke to had at least one or two things where you'd be like, oh my God, what? <laughs> um, so that was like, you know, even, even, you know, we, we were putting together some bonus episodes and, you know, speaking to some people on the phone and, and, and having them tell their stories. And, you know, I'm like, even then after going through the whole journey and going through the whole sort of, you know, uh, getting it to a point where it's can be, you know, to be put out and then, mm-hmm. then putting together these final bonus episodes. And I'm still like in shock over some of the things that she did and said and and behaved to people. It's just, it's, I, I can't pinpoint one thing because it, it's like there's so many things that you're like, I can't, I can't believe that she did that. It's crazy. And, and how do you feel? Is it when you hear these stories, do you believe that you would have believed the same thing that that person did? Or is it, is it like, is it like a mixed bag of like, how could you possibly believe that because she told you that and then you, you fell for it? Or do, are, do you, are you with the, the victims and going like, I would have believed the same thing? Like how, how, how could she pull that off? I, you know, I think it's easy in hindsight to say, oh yeah, I wouldn't have believed it. But I, you know, after having looked at the blogs and, you know, when I first looked at the blogs going, oh my God, I, you know, wait, are we sure that, 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 that she actually isn't sick? I think I would have definitely been hundred percent bought into the story. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it would be hard not to buy into the story, you know, uh, especially if it's someone that, you know, or a friend of yours or, yeah. or even someone you kind of know tangentially, I think it would be hard not to buy into the story, you know, all, uh, Yes, it's a crazy story, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the hardest uh, yeah. part, especially if you know, like, if you know somebody, like, if you're, like, if one of my best friends all of a sudden called me up or and was like, "Look, my girlfriend's sister has cancer," or like, "Yeah, this person has cancer," I'd be like, "Jesus Christ!" You know, like, you, you like, I that's got to be the most devastating of the stories is the people yeah. that were that close to her, you know. Yeah, so uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, I would, I would absolutely have bought into it, a hundred percent, and I would probably have been at events, and I would probably have, you know, uh, donated money, and I, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's just what you do, right? It's, it, you would mm-hmm. never, it would never cross your mind that so, that someone that you knew or that you were friends with would do that, right? So, it's crazy, I, man. I think even if even if you can go back and look and say and point at the things that are like oh well this doesn't quite add up it's like well yeah but yeah you but know, you had the whole in, timeline to examine what you do yeah that. in in the moment there is <laughs> yeah. no way that you would be really questioning that you know I mean and you know I know some people like to be skeptics and things like that and that's you know they will you know uh, probably. Uh, um, they're not fun to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> they will, 
<laughs> you know, they'll save themselves from not, you know, accidentally um, donating to a fake cause. But, you know, I, you know, me personally, I, I just, uh, you know, I would be 100% bought in. And then, you know, I, I fully 100% empathize with these people who, who were bought in. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, didn't didn't know anything until they received an email from the Department of Justice saying, you you are a victim in this this scam, and a lot of people then contacted Amanda and said, Amanda, why am I getting this email? And she said, Oh, uh, you know, oh, it's it's because I have uh, unpaid taxes on the donations. No, I absolutely do have cancer. Still, even then, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Wow! 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 Well, I like I said, I'm I'm tuning in. So I'll be continuing to listen <laughs> well, to the podcast, man. And I'm, 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 it's great, man. And so, like I said, the first episode, the quality of the show is great. You know, the sound quality is awesome. Like, uh, just there's a sense of, uh, sort of like a collaging of, of different folks. I love that about really good radio, really good podcasts. And I, I feel like awesome. growing up, the only place I could ever really hear that was NPR. And I think with, the advancement of podcasts right now, and especially with a company like Lionsgate behind it, um, I expect this to be pretty epic as far as sound is concerned. So I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. Oh well, thanks. Well, I'd love to love to hear what you uh, what you think when you're finished. Yeah, man. I will let you know. Um, well, Jackson, we should probably wrap this up. This has been a fantastic interview, man. Thank you so much for uh, it's been great sharing what it is that you do and the crazy adventures that you go on. <laughs> Um, and, uh, for anybody listening, make sure you check out Scamanda. I'm sure you've already listened to it. Hopefully you've listened to it before you completely listened to this podcast or at least started because <laughs> there have been spoilers all over the place. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So I, so what's next for you? You're deep in something that you can't tell me about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, just, you know, keep, keep tuned on uh, Lionsgate sound and, uh, you know, there might be something coming in. Uh, very soon, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I love Not the, sure, but maybe. <laughs> I, I love the tease, man. <laughs> um, all right, Jackson. Thanks for thanks for being on the show, my friend. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. There it is. Episode in the can. It was a good one, man. Um, like I said. I'm uh, going to check out uh, more of the show. I listened to the first episode. It's addictive. It's fascinating. The way they produce it is interesting. Um, and man, what is it? Why, why are we so fascinated with con artists, right? Catch me if you can, you know? The old uh, Steven Spielberg and Leo DiCaprio movie where the kid was uh, pretending to be an airline pilot. Was he even pretending to be a surgeon or something in that? People were letting him do it, Right? And how do we live in a world where people trust people so much? And and then why would you want to live in a world where you can't? I mean, you're talking to a very cynical dude, right? I come from a sp specific cynical generation. And, uh, you know, we don't believe everything that we see or read. But it also sucks being that guy going, how do you believe? You know what I mean? Because people around you are like, oh, stop being so fucking cynical, man. But at the end of the day... How can you trust what you don't physically know? And then at what point can you trust it? Does it require you to see somebody? Does it require you to look in their eyes? Does it require to see their body language? 
Is that a part of it? And if that's the only thing that you're relying on, there are people uh, like Amanda that are really good at <laughs> really good at doing that and lying about that stuff and, and, and changing and contorting their bodies. And there are a lot of folks that come on this show that are really good about lying about that. They're called actors, you know? So how do you protect yourself in this world, right? It's an interesting question. How do you keep yourself from fraud? How do you set your, your compass? Who do you believe? I don't have the answers for it. Um, I would just say, maybe take a little bit of a spoonful of my cynicism, maybe just a little bit, but also don't take too much. That's what Gina's always telling me, like, knock it off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Because there's nothing worse than being that miserable guy <laughs> who's the naysayer for everything, you know? And you know what? It's exhausting being that person. You know, it's crazy stuff. I, once again, suggest you go check out Scamando, a true crime podcast, uh, the Amanda Riley story. You'll find that, uh, I know it's on Apple podcasts. Let me double check it here. I'm at lionsgatesound.com, which I think I'll put the link in the description of this episode so that you have it. You can listen to it there. Um, and, uh, on that website, they have all sorts of other supplemental material. And the podcast itself is hosted by journalist Charlie Webster. Um, so, yeah, great episode, weird episode, uh, and weird how it sort of fits into the narrative of this whole show in, in a strange way. Hope you guys enjoyed it. A lot more episodes on the way. Um, and that's it. I'm going to let you go and leave you with a song. And uh, thanks for listening. And, and don't forget your homework, man. If you like today's show, if you've got some people around you that you feel like are a little susceptible to being manipulated, I suggest listening to this episode. Maybe they'll think twice about a couple things. Uh, maybe not. Anyway, that's it. I'll see you next Tuesday.